and welcome to Gateway Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us. If you find our podcast is helping you spiritually, check us out online at gatewayvineyard.org. Enjoy the message. Well, good evening, everybody. How are you doing? Good? (laughs) Good to see everybody here. Thanks for coming out. Uh, As you should all know, my name is Tony. Thanks for joining us tonight for our service. So if you are new with us, I know Bruce is new with us, if you do not mind just filling out a Connect card, there should be one either under your seat, next to you, behind you, somewhere, you'll find a Connect card. If you don't just mind filling that out, letting us know you're here. Also, if you're listening to us online, we have a digital Connect card on our website, gatewayvineyard.org slash connect notes. I don't know. You'll find it. Go on our website. It'll be up there. Uh, So before we jump into our message, I've got a few announcements for you. So next Sunday, what's going on next Sunday? Fourth of July. So we will not have services here next week. So make sure you spend some time with your family. Have fun. Eat one extra hot dog than usual. You know, the whole nine. Have some fun, Fourth of July, and uh, uh, just celebrate the holiday with your families. So we'll take that Sunday off. But the following Sunday, we're actually going to be doing our first Sunday's Sunday, right? So we call it uh, First Sundays at Gateway, and that's when we have like a worship night kind of feel to our service. So uh, we always try to invite people to come to that just so that they can get a taste of where we want to be. Uh, in the future. So right now, we kind of have these acoustic kind of settings, uh, worship sets, I should say. And uh, as we grow and get more people on the team, you know, it's just, it's really good for us to to kind of build our way up to that. But at least once a month, we get to do it at the, at the level that we want to do, you know, with drums and all that kind of thing. So make sure you invite people to come uh, on the 11th. And then a week or two after that, I believe it's two weeks, so it's the last Saturday in July, it's the 25th, we have our beach day at Life Action Camp. So if you have not yet signed up, it's free to attend, and you can invite people. If you have not yet signed up, please do so on our website, gatewayvineyard.org, just so that we know how many people are coming, we can figure out how much food to get, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, so please do that on our website. And lastly, we don't pass a plate here for offerings, but we do offer a few convenient ways to give. We have the box in the back of the auditorium. We also have online giving on our website. We've got text to give. You can send a check. You can do however you, you'd like to do. And uh, I just want to thank you again for your generosity towards the church because we can't, we won't be able to do what we do every Sunday without, without your support. So thank you again for, for doing that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for the offering. And then we can jump into tonight's message. So, God, thank you so much for your provisions that you give to us. We just want to give back to you what is yours. This is a portion of what is yours, God. We just pray that you bless the giver this evening. Pray that all these funds will be used for your will and to further your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, as we jump into uh, tonight's message, go ahead and watch this video.
So where are my wrestling fans at? Anyone like wrestling? Nope. Okay, so no one. I'm the only one. All right. This is not going to work if there's not at least one person. <laughs> so uh, now, since I'm the only one who likes wrestling, I'm just going to go ahead and make a confession. So I have I've liked wrestling. I've actually watched like WWE since I was about nine years old, and never really stopped till maybe a couple of years ago. So I, I really liked watching it. I used to tune in pretty much just about every week to the point that uh, when I got into my mid-20s, my little brother, who's eight years younger than me, would tell me to grow up every time I would start talking about what's happening in pro wrestling. But what I like about wrestling, or WWE in, in general, is that it's entertaining, right? So there's, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of lights, there's a lot of things going on when, when these characters come out. And it's, it's nice for me to know that offstage, that these guys don't really hate each other, right? They're, they're actually friends, and um, that wrestling in general is staged. So if anyone didn't know that, I'm sorry to, to burst your bubble. Mine was bursted years ago, last year. Um, that wrestling was fake. So it's staged, it's not real, right? What I like most about it is the storylines. These stories were written by someone, right? And these, these guys up here, they, they're actors. They actually portray whatever the person who wrote the storylines was. So they, they know who's going to win before they even go out to the ring. The contenders go through this battle for entertainment purposes. But the point of the battle is not to decide who's going to win, but to give the crowd 
a show. That's what it's all about. They're giving the, the crowd a show. And the winner of the match, they're not battling for victory, but they're battling from victory. The winner battles knowing that he's already won. See where I was going? So as we finish up today's series, or this series that we've been on the book of John, we realize that those who come to Jesus Christ have already won. God allows us to go through our Christian walk, not to win the victory, but to show off to the world that we've already won. Jesus already won the battle for us. That's why we get to show off. So the title of today's message is Jesus, our victor. And I'm going to pray, and we're going to go ahead and jump in. So God, I just pray that, um, that you may be present during this message, that as we close out this series on the book of John, that we may reflect on what we've learned from your word. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be in John chapter 20 this evening. So if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to go ahead and turn there. Otherwise, it's going to be on the screen behind me. And one of the reasons that I love reading the Bible is I believe it to be true because it, it's so honest about humanity, right? The people around Jesus, the people that Jesus had around him, they just didn't get it. They didn't get it. Jesus spent three years telling the disciples the same thing. He told them, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to rise again. I'm going to die, be buried, and rise again from the dead. I'm going to die, be buried, and I'm going to rise again. But what happened? He died. He was buried, and he rose again, and the disciples said, well, it's over. What are we going to do now? now? Wouldn't that be disappointing if you had a group of your closest friends that you told the same three important things, and they just could not remember that at the end of it? You might start to think to yourself, man, I need to get a new friend group because you guys don't listen, right? But Jesus isn't like us in so many ways. He didn't disown the disciples for their doubts. Instead, he invited them to investigate the truth. And eventually, he gave each of them exactly what they needed in order to believe in the greatest comeback the world has ever known. This comeback was his literal bodily resurrection from the dead. And he's still doing that today. So we're going to start in verse 1, John 20, if you want to read along with me. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken him. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. 
Let me stop there for a second. Trivia question. Who is the, the disciple named here that is named the, the one who Jesus loved? John. John. Good job. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside of the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels while seated, in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the end, or at the head, and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you still crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I'll go get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, typically... We hear the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. We hear that around Easter time. And of course, it's Easter, so we're expecting it, right? We're expecting to hear the story. But I, I think it's important to revisit this even when it's not Easter. Because that's not the only time that we should be emphasizing his resurrection. Going back to the text... See, Mary was a devoted follower of Jesus. She had come to anoint Jesus' dead body with burial oils and perfumes, but when she arrived, the large stone, I'm guessing it looked a lot like that stone over there, the large stone that covered the opening of the tomb was rolled back, and the dead body of Jesus was gone. So at this point, Mary is confused, right? She's bewildered. She's, she's in shock. She doesn't know what to do. So she starts doing something that we see a lot of in this chapter. She ran. It's so funny because it, it seems like everyone's running in this chapter. Mary runs to the disciples. The disciples, they listen to her, and they run to the tomb to check it out. They don't find Jesus, so they, they run to tell the others. Today we run for exercise, or some people run for exercise, but then they ran for excitement. They ran out of excitement for Jesus. 
They ran because they believed based on what they had seen. They knew that Jesus had died and was buried in the tomb, but when they saw him, they believed. Let's jump to verse 19. And this is when Jesus is appearing to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, notice how Jesus didn't knock. He didn't ring the doorbell. Right? He didn't stick his head in and say, anyone home? He just came through the wall and said, peace be with you. Now, why would he have to say that? Why would Jesus have to say, peace be with you? It's probably because the disciples were freaking out. Someone just came through the wall who looked and sounded a lot like Jesus. And it's, it's easy for us to sit here and read that and say calmly, well, amen, isn't that wonderful? Uh, Jesus came through the wall, and there he is. But I guarantee you, if right now Jesus floated down through the ceiling and said, hey, y'all, I don't know if that's something Jesus would say, but, you know, and just said, hello, thanks for coming to worship me today. I'm sure none of us would sit there calmly and say, well, praise the Lord, Jesus is here. We'd all be pretty freaked out. We'd probably be pretty freaked out. And I think that's how the, the disciples felt. I also love that Jesus didn't come barging in, all ticked off, saying, well, what's wrong with you guys in here? We're trying to start a revolution here. Where were you when I came out of the tomb? And I thought for sure... You'd all be there. I mean, come on. I told you that I was coming back. Didn't you believe me? You all have really let me down this time. But he didn't do that. He comes, he walks into the room, and compassionately speaks the words, tender words, and shows them his wounds. And he, he gives each of them everything they need to understand and believe. And I think Jesus does that to us on a daily basis. He comes in. He talks to us compassionately. Though we continue to sin, though we continue to live our lives for ourselves instead of for him, he shows us that he loves us through the different miracles he performs for us every single day. Because his love is endless for us. So let me ask you this. What else do we need in order to believe? What else does Jesus need to do for us to say, Yes, Lord, I am yours. My life is yours. My heart is yours. And I live for you. What's it going to take?
I mean, the man gave his life for us so that we may be saved. And that was the ultimate sacrifice. I believe that Jesus reappeared to his disciples so that they may know what he had been speaking was true. You see, if if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he had said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then you worry about, why would we worry about anything that he had said? Because the issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not we like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. Did he do what he said he was going to do? And he did. And he did that for us. I ran into this quote. I don't remember exactly from who. It said, the demand for faith in Jesus is equal for everyone. The demand for faith in Jesus is equal for everyone. If you read further in the chapter, they talk about Thomas, who wasn't there when Jesus was, uh, when Jesus showed up to the other disciples. And he didn't believe until Jesus said, you can touch, you can feel my scars. And then he believed. Now, whether it's easy for you to believe or difficult for you to believe, the demand is still the same. It's mandatory for you to believe and trust in Jesus to be saved. And there are no exceptions to that. Jesus said that in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one receives eternal life, but except through me. In Acts 4, 12, he says, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Romans 10.9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, God has made resurrection of Jesus the pivotal piece of Christianity. It's what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. Buddha died and is dead. Confucius died and is dead. Muhammad died and is dead. Joseph Smith died and is dead. But Jesus Christ died, but he's alive now and forevermore. Worship team can come back up. Here's the bottom line. Where there is no faith in the resurrection, there is no hope in salvation. of salvation. Where there is no faith in the resurrection, there is no hope of salvation. We're going to go ahead and close out this series by reading verses 30 and 31. 
of John 20, it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but they are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's what it's all about. Jesus went through a great deal of trouble so that we may believe, so that we may have everlasting life. That's what it's all about. So we're actually going to do probably something a little different. If, if God's stirring something in you, Holy Spirit is stirring something in you right now, and you need prayer for something, what we're going to do is during this next song, I'm going to be up here, and you can just come up, and we can talk about what you need prayer for, and we can, we can pray for you at the time. So if God is stirring some, something up in you, I, I challenge you to, to take him up on that and come up for prayer. Because if he told us that he would die, be buried, and rise again, and he did that, did something that no other human could do. I believe that there's nothing that he can't do. So if you've got a prayer need or anything that you need prayer for, no matter how small or how big, I challenge us to trust him with that this evening. Thank you once again for joining us on our podcast. If you find this message helped you spiritually, check us out online at gatewayvineyard.org. We'll see you next time.